1: Dr. Watson is in like Flynn. Raptors cruise past a disinterested-looking Spurs team, one seventeen to one twelve, and then the sort of Raptors took on the sort of Magic and took them to task, one thirteen to one oh two. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hoop Ball Toronto Raptors podcast. I am here with Kieran Smythe.
2: What's up, everybody?
1: And Ben Harrison what's up folks and i am brendan hodgins ben tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs
2: oh you can find me on uh, twitter or instagram uh it's the same thing on both one and it's uh, at benny and the wraps
1: kieran where can you be found on
0: instagram i'm at k dilla 1981 and twitter at k underscore dilla
1: and if you are looking to find out what I'm talking about, it's at Brendan Hodgins on Twitter at Brendan Hodgins. And you can follow us on the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at hoop ball Raptors. Also please zip on over to the mothership hoop ball.com for everything basketball DFS. You got it. Betting. Absolutely. Fantasy. For sure, it's the nexus of basketball. Hoop-ball.com That is is hoop-ball.com So I'm uh, sensing a little tension in the room. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> the uh, Raptors went, to, uh, you know, get into the week with two big wins over, uh, you know, opponents that, you know, they, you know should have beat other than the spurs actually have looked at pretty well this year um first game there against the spurs you know the spurs didn't look that interested in playing that game they kept it pretty close but it never really seemed like the raptors lost control there uh there was some good play by a couple of raptors some poor play by a couple of raptors but uh all-around good game kieran is there anything specifically from that game that you wanted to touch on or are you just still bummed that the raptors keep winning
0: Ah, well that's definitely unfortunate um so i mean yes yeah, we'll look at the goods of the each game but they're not you know good for for the tank so we'll see which way they end up playing it this year it looks like we're the management's trying to get the tank going but everyone's not cooperating um <laughs> some things to note though i mean we crushed them on the rebounds both these games um we're now a team that can apparently out rebound teams it's two in a row um, 54 to 41 against the Spurs. Um, what I really liked and was interesting between Birch, Gillespie, and Hood, uh, we had zero attempted threes. So these new guys are. I
1: knew that was going to make Putting me in good it was numbers. <laughs>
0: All they're doing is getting rebounds, playing inside. You know, that's the things we needed and wanted from people. Um, you know, another pretty solid game from Flynn. I wasn't shooting great uh, out from inside the three-point line. But he still got seven assists and no turnovers, so that's huge and exactly what we needed. Because yeah, we still didn't have Van Vliet for this one, so yeah, we needed playmaking, and he's uh, showing that he can do that for us. Um, Siakam even only one three-point attempt um, and 11 rebounds, so I think Boucher had 12. So I mean, it was a yeah solid rebounding night for us, and we got the win. Lots of offensive rebounds, so it was good to see that stuff. But yeah, again, unfortunately for. For us who are cheering for the tank, Uh, we got the win. But uh, So, you know, I mean, it's still good. Like, that's what we wanted to see was the development. I still like to see that and cheer for these guys, but just kind of hoping we, you know, narrowly lose games instead of winning. But what are you going to do?
1: Well, that's the thing right there. Uh, When OG and Obi is your shooting guard for the night, you know, you're hoping you're going to win the uh, rebound match there. Yeah. The first, uh, you know, Flynn was the actually only active guard for that game so definitely an interesting night it was good to see like you said you know rookies are going to have interesting shooting nights but he you know he made up for it for doing some facilitation uh ben is there anything from this game the in particular that you would like to touch on before we start getting into the details
2: uh well i put down too that we finally hit the trifecta twice in a row no less we uh we won the game. We won the third quarter, and we won the rebound battle twice in a row.
1: So Holy Hannah!
2: Exactly right. I don't know how often that's happened this year, but that may have been the first two times um, they pointed out. We're now um, we're uh, only three and twelve when we lose the rebounding battles. So that's uh, that's definitely nice to see. Um, yeah, not much else. They pointed out a. Um, a funny stat that this uh, last season was the only time that Greg Popovich has ever coached a sub-500 team, uh, which I just think is amazing. Like, it literally took a global pandemic to slow those guys down. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, <laughs> I have a lot of admiration for that team and what they've done, which, I, you know, I like to call us the uh, Spurs of the East, but... um Yeah, the low assist numbers kept going in uh, San Antonio. We had 16 uh, earlier in the week against Cleveland, only 21 against San Antonio. So uh, I hope that's not a trend that continues. But it's like, yeah, exactly. Like you said, we only have one guard um, at all, right? So, yeah. Uh,
1: The three-pointers looked a lot better in this game, though. You know, when you're shooting 46.7%, that's a nice number and uh considering how poorly it'd been going like they've been averaging in the 20s the last couple of games so so the assist numbers yeah. are definitely up from that 12 with that uh big guys getting the rebounds in there so a nice big lineup uh interesting though i guess uh baines is probably just sitting for the rest of uh the year you have to assume right ben
2: yeah i think so uh definitely looks like uh, the new guys have taken his role and uh... With good reason too, right? Uh, already, we can see Kem Birch is making a bigger impact than Baines has made all season. Um, Freddie Glaspie has his warts, you know. He's uh, he's a oh. decent little piece. He's probably going to get another, uh, ten day at day. least another ten-day contract. But he does. I think you said it the other day. He's got the oven mitts on sometimes, and uh, but he's doing his job uh, still. Uh, I got that Twitter account in my head, but uh, but yeah, he's uh, doing his job better than Baines did. Um, you can definitely see, too, that they're making uh, life easier on Chris Boucher, I think. He's uh, he's moved back to the four spot now in two games in a row. And um, it just seems like he's getting easier shots kind of in the mid-range now that he has a guy boxing out down low, you know. And um, I think he had 12 rebounds um, in that first yeah. game. Ken Burch started did, yeah. uh, with San Antonio. So, you know, with another guy kind of boxing out the other team's big, uh, it was Pertle pro- uh, in that case. Um, yeah, it just makes life a lot easier on uh, on our man Chris.
1: Well, two guys boxing out the big right because sometimes Freddie Gallesi in there as well, like uh, playing backup center. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gets a he gets a little more range. um Another game where you know Utah Watanabe kind of had a half decent game as well. Three for five from deep, eleven points, four rebounds for like a backup big guy. That's not too bad. And uh, Paul Watson didn't look uh, didn't look half bad as well. You know um, Stanley okay. Johnson, the uh, the punching bag here of uh, the after Pat McCaw's left, uh, didn't have a great game. But other than that, you know only two Raptors were negative, and that was Malachi Flynn and Freddie Gillespie. So it was one of those games where it kind of seemed like it was pretty spread out amongst like they took turns having good quarters Mm
2: -hmm.
1: which is what you need from the team like we always uh, been saying from the beginning uh, when uh, you know the team was still together there before the trade deadline it seemed like there was a different guy having a big game every game and then the rest of the guys didn't play so it was kind of nice to see it a little more spread out even with uh, some of the stars sitting there was another point here I wanted to make um yeah, Flynn. What I wanted to go with that is Flynn with seven assists. Um, that's kind of what you're looking for from yeah. from your uh, you know point guards. Only right? guard. <laughs> yeah, but it's like something that he's got to grow into and realize that like it's not always about making play. Right. Sometimes you just got to see what's happening around you and pass it off. Like the game before this, I know like he had a better shooting line, but he only had the I think it was one or two assists.
2: Yeah, I think 3 didn't look like he liked... um that was the game he he was backing up Kyle, right? I believe. Yeah, for the first time in oh, a while. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. But um but he does look like, you know, he's getting a better handle on it. Um some people say it, I don't necessarily agree, but I have heard a lot that um you know, running the point for an NBA team is pr- one of if not the hardest position in sports to learn and um This guy's come a a long way in a pretty short amount of time. So he's going to have his moments, you know, uh, uh, a few more turnovers tonight. But, uh, but yeah, he's coming along, I'd say. Night and day from when
0: uh, the first few games that he played or when he was coming off the bench, he's definitely – there's a marked improvement, whether that's just the playing time and exposure instead of, you know, coming off the bench cold and not really getting a chance to to do anything before you're pulled off. Um, But either way, yeah, he's – He's definitely fitting into this role much nicer now.
2: Yeah, like it well, was know, only two months or so ago when he was uh, still in the G League, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, he's definitely uh, he's coming a long way.
1: Yeah, he was pacing the G League though, but uh, actually in the game against the Spurs, I don't think he had no uh, no turnovers, and tonight I think he had one, which is you know exactly what you want from your uh, from your you know point guard right like the turn- I saw the
2: team I saw the team totals tonight and we'll get into it later but I just assumed cuz uh, our
1: numbers Oh were pretty yeah no the turnovers but, were pretty high <laughs> but that's going to yeah. happen when it's essentially you know they they were talking about the bench versus the uh, the starters tonight and saying like who had points and I'm like okay got to relax a little bit there on who you're de- uh, declaring who's who as far as the bench and the starters right. go cuz it's essentially the bench and the bench playing yeah, on uh,
2: both teams. Yeah,
1: yeah, on both teams. That's why I called it, you know, the sort of Raptors and the sort of uh, Magic. But uh, <laughs> if we skip ahead just for a moment here to tonight's game and why, you know, Kieran basically they're going to tell you to go uh, go stick it somewhere as far as you're wanting to tank. Mm-hmm. Only two of the ten Raptors that played today had uh, guaranteed contracts. Like these guys are playing for their future, right? So, Seriously? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's wow. I'm pretty sure it's Chris Boucher <laughs> and Fred Van Fleet, I think. So, like, Uh, honestly, like, Gillespie's contract ends today.
2: Yeah, he's going to be, I think I heard. uh, They're uh, going
1: to re-up him, I imagine, because essentially they have to. But, like, that's it. The rest of the guys are all up, I think, at the end of the year who are playing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. That's why they're not, like, they're not doing what the the team would you know what's necessarily best for the team in the long run they're just yeah out there trying to win games and do you know their thing which yeah that's what you're going to do and you know they're not being coached to lose like you know nurses isn't out there saying okay guys you know go one for two from the line here or something like that so um yeah i mean it's, it's still fun to cheer for them and everything it's just going to be unfortunate if we just you know, screw ourselves out of any kind of lottery pick and end up in mediocrity for a couple of years where we're either just squeezing into the playoffs and not getting anything or, uh, or who knows. But uh, we'll see.
1: Yeah. Um, on that note, what I've... So I think it was Nick Nurse kind of... Someone asked him about it, like uh, if he knew who was going to... I think it was right before the game on Sunday... And they were basically saying like, "Hey, so who do you who do you plan on having and who do you don't have?" And he's like, "I don't know who I'm gonna have until about ten minutes before the game." Sometimes he's like, "Ken Birch, he didn't know was gonna be available until right before that game because yeah. of uh, yeah. the protocols, and whatnot." Mm-hmm. But so it doesn't really seem necessarily that it's nurse who's declaring who's gonna be available. But this is all coming, I am assuming from Masai. Then, yeah. uh, well, and, it definitely you know,
0: looks like we're trying to. You know, I mean, when you when we're resting. Kyle Lowry Pascal Siakam was OG on rest too or yeah. is he yeah yeah so Today, like resting those three and Trent yeah. was out um, like that's not how you try Trent's to win legitimately games. injured but. yeah yeah but like still we're resting our three three of our starters three of our the you know, biggest pieces on our team um, that's not how you go into a game you know with the mindset okay we're gonna win this that's how you say okay whatever yeah. happens happens yeah and uh, well to be fair
1: though like there's maybe two Magic that played tonight that would start anywhere else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like Wendell Carter Jr. probably is a starter pretty much anywhere. And then other than that, like, you know, Cole Anthony maybe, Terrence Ross, but Terrence Ross wasn't even starting before. So Yeah. No, no, yeah, Cole it's Anthony's definitely – uh,
0: it's just – you know, we were still like even in other games we're resting guys when they don't need or yeah. apparently need rest. The oh, like, Glow's yeah, been. In the Spurs sort of,
1: game they rested guys too,
0: right? Yeah. So we're I think that's kinda of what we're it's the soft sort of tank and we're just these bench players are not having any of it.
2: Well yeah, yeah, I thought the same thing. Like I kind of put a joke down at the start of this game. I was like, Okay guys, if we're gonna tank, we should be a little more subtle, like just putting Paul Watson <laughs> out in the starting lineup. But mm-hmm. yeah. Kinda backfired on. there, but yeah. <laughs> seventy. Gonna, uh,
0: almost 73% from three <laughs> tonight.
2: Yes, yes in well, our group chat, a, people, Kieran was calling for him to be released. That's how so well he played. Immediately. I guess yeah. a
1: pretty good transition into tonight's game here where uh, yeah, wow. Watson shot the lights out. So here's a great stat. Yeah. Watson had 20 points in the third quarter. The Magic had 19. <laughs> and any other raptor only had eighteen. So Watson literally scored more than everybody else combined separating the teams.
0: Plus up until then yeah, his I career he, best was twelve. So he, <laughs> yeah. he scored, you know, one and a half times that plus in a quarter. I
1: think every one of his offensive stats as far as scoring goes from this game were career highs.
0: Right. Yeah. They'd have to
2: be. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, like shooting percentage, believe-
1: threes. Points in a quarter, points in general.
2: I'd have to check how it finished, but midway through the fourth, he had as many made threes as the entire Magic team.
1: Yeah, he had seven, and I think he finished with eight. Um, Let's see what the Magic had. I'm honestly curious about that. Yeah, Yeah, they they had had eight. (laughs) (laughs) He tied the Magic, which, again, the Magic, but
2: the competition
1: still you know. i mean yeah
0: it's, they're nba players yeah no
1: no it's fair enough
2: well and i'd even put down like watching paul watson in the uh, in the spurs game he only you know he came out and did the thing he's been doing all year he hit two of three you know attempts from uh, from deep and that's pretty much the only time you noticed him and i even i uh, was thinking to myself i'm like at some point they're gonna have to try and develop this guy's like broader game because all he seems to do is come in park in the corner throw up a three and then leave and then of course, two nights later, he's just dunking and doing it all, and yeah, that was crazy, crazy third. They just gave him the ball on every possession. They didn't even think about it.
1: <laughs> well, there were they had a four on two, like well, Flynn technically he was kind of like put into the corner, like it was on a turn- turnover, but he turns around, he has three Raptors coming on a two. Watson just stops at the three. The other it was Utah and another guy like start going towards the net. Flynn just. This is like after he just hit four in a row. Mm-hmm. Just goes, yeah, he's got that play, Just pat, hits him for the three, and of course he nailed it. Yeah, it was right off uh,
2: Flynn steal. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah it's so, starting
2: to look like Klay Thompson out there.
1: Which, hey, you'll take it, right? Like, uh, <laughs> the, the, He basically made it to the Raptors. Didn't have an awful three-point line that night. Like You look at the rest. 0 for 1, 0 for 1, 0 for 6, 0 for 4, 1 for 3 two for four yeah i know freddie
2: um yeah freddie yeah. started the game one for seven then he just kind of figured it wasn't his night and stopped shooting but
1: yeah poor fred uh, unfortunately uh breaks his career uh, or what's it called he had 76 straight games with the th- uh, three made mm-hmm. up until this one so you know wow. time to start a new streak yeah And he was one of those games too. Like, Flynn's stat line does not look great from this night, but you noticed him on the court a lot. Like, he, you know, those eight assists, they were true assists.
0: Yeah, no, no. This was a good game for him. You know, like the shooting wasn't there, but yeah, he was still playing defense um, and moving the ball around really well. He led our team with, uh, he got one third of our assists. So, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I'd still call this a good game for him. And I mean, it led to a win. So, can't really fault him too much. So um, he did what he had to do. You know, it would have been nice if a few of those shots went in, but they weren't necessary tonight. And, uh, yeah, a few rebounds, lots of assists, a couple steals, um, <clears throat> and only one turnover. So, uh, yeah, I'll take that.
1: Yeah, the one thing from this game, and I think Ben brought it up a little bit too, was, you know, you make the, that many turnovers against, uh, a, you know, a good team, and they're going to make you pay, like, I think the points off the turnovers for, uh the magic yeah they only had 10 points or yeah 10 points off the turnovers but uh they had you know they created 18 turnovers or you know self-inflicted turnovers so that's you know shouldn't happen usually you have almost double the amount of points of the amount of turnovers yeah, created yeah. So, you know, you're going to pay a little bit harder against a better team. Uh, Ben, is there anything actually from this game that you saw specifically, like we were talking about the San Antonio one, that you would like to talk about or point out?
2: Uh, Specifically? Well, yeah, again, that assist. So I put down that um, uh, at halftime uh, Toronto had 10 assists and 9 turnovers. So 1-to-1 ratio was just awful. And there's no excuse because we actually had two for this game, so you know, should have been able to do a little better. But um, uh, I keep liking a lot of what I'm seeing out of Pascal Siakam. Like I thought it was just in my head that he's been going to the rim a lot more and kind of uh, laying off the outside when shooting. When would you have
0: seen Pascal Siakam
2: do that? <laughs> in this game. <laughs> not in this game. Oh, sorry, not in this game. Yeah, I was talking about uh, the Spurs, well, San game, Antonio so.
0: game. Yeah. Yeah, we moved, yeah, yeah. moved on.
2: We moved on. We moved on. We've moved on. It's true. It's true he wasn't playing um what did i see in this game uh besides our man yeah ken birch had his uh his first start against his old team he was talking about how it was kind of funny they were all staying in the same hotel he came out firing that's for sure um he had uh what three blocks alone um in the first quarter alone which was nice and uh the other standout guy would have been uh, Utah Watanabe. He's just starting to look a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot more confident for sure whether he's handling the ball or like the way he's playing on defense, kinda of fighting through screens and, and everything. His shot is starting to fall all the time. Um he too had a career high, I believe it was twenty two, I think, tonight. Um uh, so, twenty
1: one. Yeah, he was yeah.
2: looking twenty one, yeah. And he had uh uh what did I put here, nine points in uh in the first quarter and only four minutes of action. So, okay. yeah, he was bringing it tonight, shooting from outside. He even had a nice dunk right down Main Street. So, big game out of him. Yeah, yeah there's uh, a big reason why we kind of clawed back at the end of the first
0: because it was looking pretty ugly there for a bit. After, like, a couple of good plays at the start, nothing happened. But then, yeah, the bench came through. He came up big. Um, Stanley Johnson had a pretty good game today. Um, still kind of, he's, you know, he had, like, decent numbers and everything. Three turnovers. But he's just kind of like out of control looking a lot of the times, you know what I mean? So, he yes, he hit a few nice shots and everything, but some of the ones he took that it didn't make were just like, you, you know, you shake your head when you're looking at it. Or the, and the turnovers were just, you know, not well thought out and all that stuff. But uh, one of the biggest things I like for the new guys, Gillespie and um, Birch is the picks. They set so many picks. Remember, I think it was... There was a lot class. of good screening yeah. rolls that crazy. was going on there. And they actually yeah. go to the net. I saw Boucher oh, yeah. set a couple, and he immediately rolls out to the three-point line. And it's like, yeah, okay, what, that's what you do. But, you know, it's good to have <laughs> people who can actually pick and roll towards the basket. Because it just opens up, like, A, you've probably got a guy boxed out. So if you're, you know, the guy who's, who's off the ball or on the ball... Um, gets a clear line. So I've seen so many times where, you know, someone drives in, they get an easy lane to the basket because Gillespie or Birch is sitting there boxing someone out, you know, waiting for the pass. If it's not necessary, you get that. But they're coming out. I've seen them, like, you know, fighting underneath the basket. The ball gets swung around. They'll run all the way up to the three-point line, set a pick, and then run all the way back in. And that's something we've never had before. And uh, you can you can tell it makes quite a difference for someone who's just looking for that. we got four other guys who can be, you know, sitting on the perimeter waiting for the shots or whatever but we've just didn't have that before we had people focused on going to the net and uh yeah. this all makes it so much more frustrating how long we put up with Aaron Baines because like <laughs> you know this is really all it took for us to you know be winning a few games on, on rebounding like what why did we wait so long yeah. um I mean you know, we obviously couldn't just do whatever we wanted but I feel like this could have been remedied much sooner but uh
2: you know here we are
1: <laughs> well uh on that, yeah it alex- almost
2: makes you wonder why they like they got rid of alex len early in the season as though we were set at center you know it's kind of weird mm-hmm. and he's another big body that likes to set the screens and everything but um, but yeah i like this uh, i'm liking this version even though we're kind of rooting for the losses here but i do like this version of the team a little bit better like we say we've seen the um, the three ball attempts are coming down but the percentage is going up mm-hmm. um
0: no, it's like very conflicting because, those- yeah, like I said, I want to, to see us tank. I want to see us in a better position yeah. next year. But it's also, like, great to see these guys, you know, clicking. But, again, when, like you said, I think, what, two people or whatever it was had actual guaranteed contracts. So there's a lot of uncertainty about who's coming back and what pieces we're actually going to keep. I think we can probably keep most of them that we want. But, um It's like we said, like, this is what we were rooting for, is lots of playing time for the bench, see these guys, how they work. We just weren't expecting the wins, and now they're like, okay, well, well, cool. Yeah, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's, like, spread out production. Like, you know, like, 51 points came from two guys tonight, but there was, you know, three other guys with double digits. Um, And then, you know, the assists, you know, Fred Van Fleet and Malachi Flynn getting, getting those dished out. Also, just, you know, good solid minutes from lots of guys there was a few different times where nice plays were made by guys that only had a couple points like Ken birch you were saying and the other thing like kieran on the note with that you were talking about that i was going to touch on a second ago um when threes were made or like shot i noticed at least two raptors under the rim mm-hmm which never happened before. It was usually, like, five guys along the line. They're all heading heading back on defense. The Raptors like to play defense a little bit more than most other teams in the fact that, like, they prefer to shoot the three and then get back, beat you that way, and get fast break points. But um, uh, something that also has been happening... Last month, when the Raptors went, I think it was one in thirteen or something like that, or one in eleven, something along those 1-13 lines. One
0: thirteen for March
1: yeah. Yeah, they uh, versus April so far is five and four. After this game, there's a before this game, it was a plus twelve defensive rating difference between the two months. Okay. So the Raptors are, and you know, one thing that you got to say about that though is you know, Og and Anobi's back, and Fred Van Fleet's back. Yeah. Whereas most, they didn't play most of... Uh, and, you know, also, um, you know, Siakam. But the other thing you can say about that is they've taken off, like, three games each this month as well. So yeah. better team defense is happening, which is good. Uh, some of the competition early on has been a little rough. You know, the Magic obviously aren't going to, you know, turn the dial up on offense too much unless somebody just has one of those Paul Watson games. But it's good to see that the team they're basically just playing the way the Raptors like to play a little bit better yeah hitting a three playing good defense and still getting fast break points uh, the only nice addition is as you were saying Kieran hey someone's rebounding mm-hmm. someone's going to the net there's pick and rolls screen and rolls if you're doing that a little bit more dimensions to the offense you can actually win some games you uh, c- that maybe before we weren't able to do
0: yeah and it literally takes nothing away from our three-point ability or yeah you know it's just increases it yeah yeah
1: well like i was i think ben it was either ben or you that were saying yeah so maybe they're taking less threes but the percentages are up so it basically you know equates to the same thing but you have a better shooting percentage so you have less you know chances for the other team to rebound
2: yeah, they always say you got to play offense from inside out and not the other way around, right? you got to draw the attention in, and then that opens up your shooters, not just trying to constantly swing it around um, like we see way too often in these uh, modern offenses. But, but yeah, pace is a little slower, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely better winning basketball, whether or not that's a good thing.
0: And I've been a big fan of these last two games. You know, outcomes aside, like they've been good to watch and – we're playing good basketball i'm really curious to see how we stack up against some like we play the nets a couple times the next couple of weeks i want to see us play some some good teams and see how these guys fare because that'll be much more of an indicator than yeah walking over a, a teammate of bench players so
2: yeah no yeah thanks. i was gonna say i think some of that uh defensive rating uh difference between march and april is kind of the level of competition right it's not even just the bad teams we're playing it's that so many players are sitting on both sides right now but.
1: Yeah, and that's just kind of going to happen in the NBA as it gets towards the end of the year anyways. But this year, obviously, is a little more pronounced uh, with you know the tight schedule at the end of the year and COVID, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, so the Raptors after tonight, because I think the Bulls just lost. And then Washington just won. So it's a tie for 10th but not quite because Chicago has the, game, has the tiebreaker against the Raptors and the Raptors have the tiebreaker against um, Washington. So that means whoever's in 10th gets into the play-in. This has been a bit of a confusing topic for a lot of people. Uh, the play-in only kind of was invented last year in the bubble. Ben, can you let everybody know how exactly how this play-in works?
2: Yeah, I'll do my best to explain it here, even though I kind of, um, I'm on Mark Cuban's side with this one. I think it's kind of a ridiculous proposition, especially for this to be the year where you try and add it, you know. But, um, but so the way it works, and forgive me if I'm reading a little bit, but um, so the 7th place team is going to host the 8th place team in a one-game matchup, kind of the same thing you see in baseball um, that they started a few years ago. Um, So the winner of that game will then move on as a regular number seven seed and keep going as though, yeah, they were number seven. And then the ninth and the tenth place team, and this is in both conferences, of course, uh, they will play each other in a one-game matchup. The loser's eliminated. um, And then the, um, the two remaining teams, so the loser of that first matchup, will play the winner of that second matchup, and that will be the battle for the eighth seed um so it's kind of a one two game play play in tournament there but um yeah so 10 teams get a shot i don't really see the need for it but that's kind of how it works
0: yeah i'm hoping that sort of just dies out this year and for whatever reason they decided yeah. to add it this year like there's 82 games in a normal season so maybe because yeah. there's less this year they're doing that yeah,
1: but the 72 games yeah we
0: don't need more games you know if you that after 82 games, I think
2: we've got it sorted
1: out. It's decided, you know, if.
2: <laughs> yeah. Why do you need the last Yeah. Team do Justin we really need this? Yeah. The team that finished 10th after 82 games, do they really need a shot to play the number one seed? Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the, uh, the, 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 the owners will vote this out at that point. Um, we're already but,
0: resting players, right? Throughout the season. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to add games.
1: Yeah. The, 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 odd, yeah. yeah. The NBA, uh, you know, Players Association probably won't be a fan of it either. Yeah. Um, Kieran, then, do you know the playoffs kind of go on as usual? It goes to the bracket style, or what happens there? Yeah,
0: after that, it's just normal 1 versus 8, 2 and 7, all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's just one extra step, which, you know, whatever. Like I said, in this year where there's 10 less games, sure, you know, for whatever reason you want to give these other people a chance or make it a little more interesting or add a couple of games where you can make some money um but yeah i really i hope. believe
1: it's the last one they care about the most yes
0: yeah yeah <laughs> as always um yeah. so yeah just a normal playoffs after that and then hopefully next year we're back to normal
2: yeah, yeah there won't be much difference by the end of this between like a playoff team and being in the draft lottery like one or two games is going to swing it right
1: Yes, well, what, the Raptors are 11 under five hundred. Well, I think now they're 10 under five hundred. but, you know, come on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: On uh, that, the one thing, though, is, like, say the Raptors finish 10th. This is all hypothetical, right? There's still, you know, some more games here. Um, Raptors finish 10th, surpass the Chicago Bulls. The Pacers remain in 9th. Charlotte remains in 10th or, sorry, 8th, and Miami remains in 7th. There's a chance Miami could overtake the Knicks, but whatever, it doesn't really matter because the Raptors wouldn't face them anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, Charlotte's lost their last four. The Bulls have lost their last four. The Pacers have been kind of free-falling for a little while here. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they, they win games here, but they also lose games that make absolutely no sense. So Raptors have a pretty good chance of making it to eighth if they get into this play-in. Yeah. And then, you know, ruining their shot at feeling. the lottery. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that is the, that's the thing, right? But do you – it's one of those things like you also look at the Raptors haven't not made the playoffs since, what, 2014? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I've been a Raptors uh, fan for I've a long
0: time. I've been through many seasons where we don't make it to the playoffs, and I assure you we'll be okay
2: if we don't go to the playoffs.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, like, I know, do you- but I, I'm just spitballing here.
2: You know, like, do you want to be like the Indiana Pacers where you come in fifths and sixth every year, you never really get a star to come in there because you're not high enough in the draft and you can't attract free agents and end up like that? Like, I don't think their fan base is really happy losing in the first round every year, but... Um, Watching that Spurs game, it made me think, like, that's the kind of rebuild I want to see in Toronto. You know, it was uh, a long time ago, but they went 20 years in a row having winning seasons. But they only had one losing season before that, right? They still had David Robinson, but they had one horrible season where they tanked, got the number one pick, brought in Tim Duncan, and then you know, the rest is history. So I'd prefer to see something like that, where we go down to the bottom, bring in someone like Cade Cunningham and just keep this thing going instead of some like long drawn out process, like you're seeing in, or like we saw in Philly or you're seeing Mm -hmm. now in Oklahoma.
0: We've seen it in Toronto before. Um, yeah, Yeah. it'd be much more interesting next year if we had some, even if it's, you know, not like one of the, you know, the big names, there's a lot of talent out there. It would just be much more exciting to have that, to develop that alongside Flynn and, You know, some of the vets that we got now hopefully healthy after all this rest. Um, To me, in the long run, that's just a much, much more interesting story than we, you know, fail in the playoffs this year, end up with a bit less next year and just, you know, less hope. You never know. We might strike gold. We got a couple of second round picks for our trades and stuff. But still, if we can get a, you know, top five pick, it could, uh, Yeah, who knows? The, The possibilities are much more open after that, so.
1: I did uh, see something. Along. Someone tweeted out there. They're like, you know what? I've been a Raptors fan for a long time, and I've noticed that we're really good at like finding diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, it'd just be nice to find a diamond in the field. Yeah, exactly. Just, just sitting <laughs> there. Yeah. It's like, do we really need to do this every time? Can we just get a star?
0: Yeah, so who knows? We'll see. It's so it to be an interesting finish. This is kind of what we were hoping for. I think it was a week or two ago now when we – had a couple of back-to-backs in like a weekend where we're like okay hopefully we win at most one and we're or doing four. exactly what we said we've got pretty much split it gone 50 50 almost so yeah, hmm. um,
1: uh, yeah on we'll that see. note i guess time to look forward to the future we've already talked about the okc game that's on sunday but uh it's a weird week next week yeah because um i think there's only two games Sunday, Wednesday, Yeah, Wednesday, we've had Saturday, 37 yeah. back-to-backs and
2: somehow only two games next week. It's great. Yeah, they're really weird with the schedule happened. like that.
1: Yeah, Brooklyn on Wednesday, which obviously is going to be like a big test game. Well, depending on if anybody from Brooklyn playing because they've also been resting or I Durant available. was supposed to be back soon. Uh, he is back. I believe, yeah. uh, but Harden and Kyrie have been out. Harden with the injury, and Kyrie for personal uh, issues. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They, which they haven't really touched on. So
0: no, no, yeah, he's. Uh, I think his was Ramadan. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
1: Okay, because uh, for a little while they weren't saying what it was, and I know he had that thing with Schroeder. And
0: Schroeder. Yeah, no, I think he. Uh, they spoke about it.
1: Okay, well, it clears that up a little bit, and then the next one is Cleveland, which is a team in you know full tank, so. Oh, sorry, not Cleveland. Um, that's on Monday.
0: Knicks, then Cleveland.
1: Yeah. So then the Knicks are one of those that's teams it. that they're in the mix, but they're, you know, they're a beatable team. So yeah.
0: They beat us recently. So
1: Yeah, I think and, it was a tight game, though, wasn't
0: it? Uh, relatively, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. the 102-96. We stomped on the Cavs, so we'll see if they bounce back with anything. But like you uh, said, they're not too interested it, no. in winning games, and we seem to be, so <laughs> can call that a win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they yeah, didn't so get Wednesday, the memo. Saturday next week, which is a bit of a slow week, but it will, uh, you know, two two teams that are, are you know distinctly in the playoffs in the East. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Chicago has a bunch of games. They but they're playing against you know pretty good teams this week as well. And then uh, Washington seems like they're a team possessed to make the playoffs. So. We'll see what happens. The other thing is, is like I say, the Raptors lose the next six games. They're probably going to be pretty close to the bottom of the league. So you never know exactly what's going to happen in the NBA, but, uh, you know, thank you everybody out there for joining us. We'll probably be talking to you again on Sunday. Uh, if not, it'll be early Monday morning and then probably Monday night. Cause there's a game, but, uh, If you're out there, have yourselves a great weekend. Thank you for listening. I'm here, as always, with Kieran Smythe.
0: See you next game.
1: And Ben Harrison. See you next time. As usual, we love you, B. And everybody, you have yourself a fantastic night, or if it's the morning, a great day. Bye-bye.
0: This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.